What's going on? What's going on, everybody? It is Balls and Bros, episode two. And we are, I mean, let me read off this list. We are now live, if you want to, and live meaning like we're on that platform. So if you want to watch this show in its entirety, video form, YouTube, Balls and Bros. If you want to listen to it podcast-wise, you can listen to us on Spotify, Amazon Music, Samsung Podcast, uh, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, Pandora, or Google Podcasts. If, if, if you know of a streaming site, we're on there. Also <laughs> Apple Podcasts, so that's the last one. But yeah, we're on all those. So only place to get video, however, is YouTube. All the other ones are audio only. So if you don't want to see our beautiful faces, go to the different various streaming services. But Casino, we had our first football game tonight, or I guess last night. So before we talk about it, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good, good. I slept good, got to watch some football. So yeah, let's just dive right into it. First game of the NFL season, we have the Buffalo Bills in Los Angeles beating the Los Angeles Rams 31 to 10, even though the score at halftime was 10 to 10 and felt but when this, I guess this is where I first want to start is when the game was 10 to 10 going into halftime, it didn't even feel like it was close. No. It felt like the bills were just annihilating them. And somehow it was 10 to 10. Yeah. It just, I mean, it was such a turnover heavy game. Um, yeah. But it, the 10 to 10, if, if you just were walking by, you saw the screen, I'll be, Oh, that's a good game. It, it was domination from the bills from start to finish. Um, yeah. It was not even close. Well, and Von Miller, who you last episode said is already over the hill. If I remember correctly what you no, said. Yeah. Uh, four tackles, two sacks, and he had like five quarterback hits in that game. Like he was just an absolute monster. Yeah. He, yeah. Four. Yeah. It's four tackles, two sacks. Yeah. He was just, yeah, he was an animal. Um so I, I did I did say this though. I did say going into a new team could also spark players um to revitalize themselves. But no, yeah, um he he definitely shut me up on that one. Uh, well we also the said looked really good too, but yeah. We also said that he is gonna have games where he just has Von Miller games and start of the season, you know, he hasn't had to this isn't week twelve where you know you have the where your body's getting beat up and all that kind of stuff. This is him coming in fresh legs, first game of the season. And yeah, he had a Von Miller game. Yeah, I'm quite impressed with um, with how he got through, especially that little, little dance that he did. <laughs> and he, was, he looked like old Von Miller there doing, um, I even think the commentary said that same thing uh, on the air. <laughs> yeah, but, he definitely, I mean, that uh, that Bill's defense was absolutely like lights out. The Rams defense, on the other hand, uh, kind of got pushed around a little. Maybe that's the most surprising thing is, I mean, Josh Allen just ran all over them. He was stiff arming people. He was knocking people back. Like, I mean, he was their number one rusher, too. Um, Josh Allen was. Uh, he had Josh Allen, he had, what, uh, yeah, 10 attempts for 56 yards. I mean, averaging 5.6 a yard. I mean, that, he, the guy's a beast. Well, then even their second uh, leading rusher, Devin Singletary, he still had eight carries for 48 yards, and that's a six-point average. So they were 
I don't know why the Bills weren't running enough, but maybe they weren't running more, but maybe they just chose not to run more because their passing game was just, I mean, this is a crazy stat right here. So I looked this up. Uh, Jalen Ramsey last night, the Rams' number one cornerback on the Bills' number one wide receiver, allowed a perfect passer rating of 158.3. He was targeted seven times, allowed six receptions for 124 yards and two touchdowns. Like, that's probably why they didn't rush more, because they didn't need to. They were, if that's, and we obviously know how great Jalen Ramsey has been in the past, but he got absolutely annihilated last night. I mean, and, and you say in the past, but if you go back to last year's playoffs, everybody was kind of turning heads on, okay, he's not Jalen Ramsey of uh, or why he got paid. Um, and yep. There's a lot of questions in, in that, like, oh, he's just, he's burned out at the end of the season, wait till next season kind of thing. Well, first game in, he's got absolutely smoked. Um, and then just kind of touching on Josh Allen's, uh, you're, you're saying the passing game, they didn't really need to rush it. Um, he went 26 for 31, but with three interceptions. I mean, two interceptions. Near, uh, he had two. Oh, yes. Two, two interceptions. Two interceptions, uh, three touchdowns. Stafford, yeah. Stafford had the three interceptions. But um, but that that's that's impressive numbers. Um, well, and that one, one of those INTs, the first one he had was literally like, that one wasn't his fault. It just like, is that the one where it went into his guy's arm and then the guy grabbed it grabbed out of it his arm while he's out. falling? Yeah. yeah. So that you can't put on him because he put it right in his guy's chest. Like, so you have him ha- with basically three touchdowns. The other interception was his fault. So you have basically three touchdowns, one INT and 300 yards on what everyone coming into the season thought would be a top three defense. Like, yeah, you can't do better than that. That's crazy. Um. Yeah, no, it was it was pretty impressive. And then, you know, touching on that defense again, uh, just trying to flip the script over to why uh, uh, Stafford has such a hard time. He went 29 for 41 uh, with the three interceptions, but he was pressured like crazy. Um, yeah. I mean, one of the big things, I, I don't know if we really talked about it in the first episode, but um, one of the crazy things is, or one of the things that everybody was going to look at was that decent defensive front from the Bills. Um, you may have touched it when we were talking about Von Miller, but getting into uh getting to Matt Stafford in that offensive line and it showed it he, they they got to him yeah he said seven sacks um he forced him three interceptions like and that one too uh he was trying to get to Cooper Cup that just was like two feet over his head and barely touched his hands it just went right into the Bills guy like those are the because you could tell like they showed the replay and you saw that Matt Stafford wasn't even looking at him. He was kind of trying to do that no look pass or whatever. And I just feel like in those situations, like why are you trying to do that in such in a game where, especially at that moment where it's like, all right, like this game's starting to get ahead of us. Like, why are you trying to just play like the backyard football? Like, let me try this out thing. Like that feels like you should only be doing that in blowouts where you're just like, it doesn't matter. Like, why are you trying to do the no look schoolyard pass when you're about to, when you're getting your ass kicked by the best, probably one of the best teams in the AFC? Like, yeah, that, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I've never been a fan of that uh, kind of sl- slinging of the football where you just, 
as you said, schoolyard slinging, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Either protect the ball, get rid of the ball. Don't don't try to throw it up. Um, it just doesn't work out. And a lot of rookie quarterbacks typically have that issue is they'll try to make the play to make themselves look better. Like, oh, look what I can try to do. And it doesn't yeah. work out for him. Well, I also um, think in today's NFL, like we give Patrick Mahomes too much credit when he does those things, even though most of the times when he does it, it's kind of like a dumb play. And it just like happens to work out like not the sidearms or the uh, you know, where he's just trying to make something happen, but like the no look like passes or whatever, like those are always like kind of cool. But then when you think about it, you're just like, that's kind of dumb in retrospect. Like I know you're trying to throw off the defenders, but yeah, I don't know. It just feels, it feels like Bush league. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I mean, a lot of people have been talking about um, Stafford's arm and, you know, is it still injured? Um, but I mean, yeah, he had his surgery on it, but, um, and he might not be a hundred percent, but he wasn't a hundred percent last year and he won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, the kids, the kids, a tough kid. Um, so I, I don't know how, how much plays into that. Um, if his arms weren't, if his arm wasn't uh, top tier, but well, just, just also think about. Also, if his arm is really banged up, because we talked about that on the last episode, like there's rumors that he has a lingering arm injury and all that stuff. If he does, and if he does, and those rumors are true, why is he throwing the ball 41 times the first game of the season? And they're only, they only rushed it 18 times. So, and I mean, is this, so I guess my, my last question in kind of this realm thing is obviously it's the first game week one always when it's a separate game in week one you always overanalyze it right because there's no other games going on that's the one game everybody watched so this is obviously overreaction friday and everybody's going to be having their rams rams are going to go yeah oh over 17 like yeah everybody horrible (laughs) but so my so do you have any overreactions coming out of this game that you feel will be warranted or justified as the rest of the season goes on because obviously like you make jokes about it but there are people being like the rams are done the rams are done and it's like all right calm down like they still are gonna play they played one of the if not the best team in the afc like and they got their ass kicked they're not playing the bills every week like right exactly and that's i there's gonna be tons of overreaction to this i mean that's that's sports radio you know that's we want something to talk about. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's going to be tons of overreaction. I personally don't think that there's going to be any issue. Yeah, they need to work on a few things. Um, definitely work on their offensive front um, uh, front line there so Stafford doesn't get sacked seven times. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't really see there going to be much of an issue. I mean, just that div- look at the division that they're in and just the whole NFC in a whole, as we talked last week, they're not as good as the AFC um, by any stretch. So I, the Rams are still going to be good. They're still going to work some things out, but it's, it's tough to go against. I mean, the bills, we all thought about it. I even quoted them as, or picked them as my Super Bowl pick. And they came out and they, they showed why they are going into the season as a Super Bowl favorites this year. Um, it, w- it was almost a perfect game. Yeah. On, on every front yeah there was the um the, the turnovers there but as, as you said that first one doesn't really even feel like his but even if you take that you just take those two interceptions away and and he still had that um uh, he still had that 
really good um, uh, passing to completion ratio. It's, it's, yeah. Well, so it, also, he had that uh, – the last thing on the Jalen Ramsey thing that you were talking about where people were talking about him last year's playoffs, he had another, what, 50-plus bomb he gave up to uh, Diggs where it was like – who is he covering? What is he doing? He literally lets Diggs run right past him. I, I, I don't I don't know if he was expecting the free safety to come back to him, but like he just he didn't follow him. He didn't follow him. Like that is the, their number one option. I mean, Diggs was how how many times was he here? He was targeted nine times for eight receptions. Like that that was Josh Allen's number one target. Um, and, and has that, and was, was going into the game like they knew he was going to be the number one target. So to leave him. Like to let him get that many things, I mean, uh, uh, receptions, but also the Rams, like my overreaction is on the first off Cam Akers was supposed to be their big running back or whatever. He carried the ball only three times for zero yards. So I don't know. He was injured most of last season. He came back at the end of the year. He also carried the ball like five times for like eight yards. Like, I don't know when they just give up on Cam Akers and just say like, he just doesn't have it. But my, uh, my I guess, overreaction that I may be concerned about for the season is the Rams offense is we saw this in the Super Bowl. We kind of saw it in the other playoff games as well. Like it's Cooper Cup. And then it is you throw your hands up in the air. Like, who's going to step up this week? Because Cooper Cup in this game, 13 receptions, 128 yards, one touchdown. Closest next person was the tight end, Tyler Higby, with five receptions, 39 yards. And then the big acquisition on offense they had this offseason to replace, you know, the injured OBJ was Allen Robinson, who had one reception for 12 yards and was targeted like twice. three times, was, twice in the game. Twice. And um, it was just like, he's supposed, he was the Bears' number one wide receiver. He was supposed to come in, give the Rams this big upgrade on offense. I know when we were doing the previews, we talked about how now the Rams, you get somebody who is as productive as OBJ, but can stay in the game longer. There's can be playing more games because he's not injury prone like OBJ is. Well, now I'd rather have my overreaction is I'd rather have fucking OBJ for eight games. If the games Allen Robinson, I get is going to be one for 12. Like he's yeah. not playing against the number one. He's not playing against a Jalen Ramsey S corner. Like the Rams have good corners, but uh, I thought Allen Robinson, you know, last year he was a top 20 wide receiver in the league. Like, and he just was, it wasn't that he wasn't targeted or wasn't on the field. He was on the field the whole game. He was just not getting open. Like that's concerning to me for a season long, you know, uh, thing that I hope I get proven wrong on because I drafted Allen Robinson in most of my fantasy leagues. So this is more personal. I am angry that, Yeah. He's just well, did nothing. Somehow in a 12 man league, I was able to get cup and digs. So I was, I'm feeling pretty okay here, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but like, just to touch on the second best uh, reception uh, receiving option was, was Higby. And he was targeted 11 for only five catches though. Um, and then it just, it does not add up. There was the Cooper cup show make or break it. And I mean, no matter how many times, like he, like he, he, 13 receptions for 128 yards, 
How many times is he targeted? Uh, 15. See, like that, the thing, I mean, the thing about Cooper Cup is everybody knows who he is. Everybody knows they should cover him. They just can't. Like every pass to him from Stafford, he's just wide open. Like I like that guy's it's it's he's incredible. Well, and it's easy to do when you have Ramsey falling over himself <laughs> and not paying well, attention. <laughs> speaking on Ramsey and allowing that deep pass to Diggs, uh Jalen Ramsey has allowed a touchdown in four of his last six games, including playoffs. Ramsey Ramsey had gone the previous 65 games without allowing a single one. So he went from 65 games not allowing a single deep touchdown to a touchdown in four of his last six games. So this Yeah, that's what I was saying. Going into the last playoffs, just something something's off. Something's off for him. And I hope they they thought sorry to cut you off, but I, I thought they were gonna come in this year and he was gonna be, you know, Jalen of, of old, but uh man, he got burnt. That that is probably about 80% of what I've seen about this game. It's just how bad Ramsey got destroyed. Not not how good the Bills are or anything like that. It's how bad Ramsey got burned that game. Well, we've seen this, especially with cornerbacks, where it's like you remember Darrell Revis, and he had Revis Island, and then it went from one season where nobody catches anything on him to the next season. It's just like, okay, well, Darrell Revis is done. Now everybody's lighting him up, and then he's just out of the league. Like, it just happens so fast for cornerbacks where they're just locked down, locked down. And then, you know, they either lose a step, they get older, yeah, something happens. Once one step in, in that position, you're done. You're, yeah. you're, your career is over. Um, or just not as good. Um, he, might, he might have a job over for the, you know, with the Texans or something, but <laughs> right now playing for, <laughs> playing for the Rams, he needs to step it up because if they want to be the, you know, Super Bowl contender coming out of the NFC, he needs to get that step back. I don't know what it needs to take, but he needs to get that step back. My um, last two overreactions for this game are uh, one Bills, one Rams. The Bills is, I think this is, uh, I felt this before the season, this episode just kind of uh, solidifies that or this uh, game. I mean, uh, Josh Allen, if he doesn't win MVP this season, I feel like it's because something either injury prone or like terrible happened, right? Like he's, he's he on track to, to be MVP, right? Like, and then just talking about Jalen Ramsey from last playoffs, Josh Allen hasn't skipped a beat from last year's playoffs. I mean, the numbers that he had in the playoffs, the fact that they did not win the Super Bowl last year was insane to me. Um, but you're right. If he does not, if this guy does not win the MVP this year, um, I, I have no idea what's going on. Um, he's on track. Obviously, you'd have to say, as you said, injury, something crazy to happen. But just even if he has half, he has he has half of what he just produced, like every other game. That's you're still in the MVP conversation. Yeah, unless somebody comes out of nowhere like that year Lamar won it and everybody was like, I didn't see this coming. Like, you know, somebody has like a crazy, crazy season like that. Like he looks MVP bound. And then my last overreaction for the Rams is I remember saying this in the preview show. I said, I didn't think my Eagles could beat this Rams team. I think my Eagles might be able to beat this Rams team. Like, I mean, you let Cooper Cup cook and then everything else, we talked about it. Uh, you stop the run. The Rams don't look like they have a great 
uh, running offense. I mean, they never really did. Last year, they kind of just got by, but they didn't really have a running game that scared you. They apparently don't have anybody but Cooper Cup if we're, again, overreacting to just this one game. And then you can get to Stafford. You can hit him. You can force those turnovers. He had the most turnovers last year in terms of interceptions. This year, he's right back on that pace. So I don't know. I feel like this just made, like, this did two swings of the pendulum, right? Which is the AFC, it looks like what everybody uh, predicted at the beginning of the season. This is the Bills' like conference to lose right like they're the top of the afc everybody has to go through them like in terms of just potential and then the rams i feel like it put them down where it's just like maybe the af or the nfc is more open than we thought because we all thought the rams were the clear-cut favorite in the nfc and last night they looked vulnerable uh yeah 100 um Oh uh, man. Uh, so there, I just want to touch on this one, one last thing, probably about this game, unless you want to talk more. There's a stat here that I saw about Josh Allen. Um, he is now uh, seven games. He's now in, in third in, in NFL history where he's done um, at least three passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown, uh, putting him in third place. Uh, the only people ahead of him is Drew Brees has nine. Tom Brady has eight. Jeez. And you got to think of how long those guys' careers were. And he's <laughs> yeah. Already- he's already one game behind breeze two games behind brady three to take the lead for rushing and uh yeah uh three three passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown he'll probably do that this season like that's if yeah it's it's going to be especially against i guarantee you you know mostly the division that he's in um uh i I, not trying to talk up my my team but I think that would be a tough with with like a Bill Belichick style defense or all those other really great defenses out there. But he plays a lot, a lot of weak defenses throughout this league. I really think that he can hit that stat by the end of this season. And what is, how many years is this for him? Four? I believe it's his fourth, fifth. Yeah, yeah. So it like it's that's impressive. Um, a quarterback that can do it on both, and it's not just like a Lamar Jackson where he's out there running it. Um, or, you know, being a pocket quarterback, he's doing it on both sides. Um, yeah, I would be absolutely shocked. Um, yeah, this is his fifth season. So this it. is his fifth season. But yeah, I mean, you look at his stats from, I mean, his first two years in the league, even by his second year in the league, he had 20 touchdowns, nine interceptions. But the last three, he had 37 touchdowns, 10 INTs. Last year, he had 36 touchdowns, 15 INTs. And now he's starting the season with three touchdowns, two INTs. So, yeah, he's – and his completion percentage last night was 84%, like 83.9. Like, Yeah, as I was saying, you you take away those those two interceptions, and he's damn near perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Jeez. Um, And he spread the ball around. He had seven seven different uh, targets. It's not like he was just throwing the digs. So it's not like the um, Cooper cup thing where he just had one guy. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was all over the board there. Um, uh, Whereas nine to Diggs, five to Davis, four to Crowder, six to Moss. Like he was all over with everybody. He, everybody at least had two attempts towards them. Um, Man. And that Gabe, uh, Gabe Davis or whatever, like, man, that guy, he just, uh, he just looked like he, 
was what I was hoping Allen Robinson would be for the Rams. Like when yeah, Diggs was five. covered, he was coming across the middle. He got that touchdown early on. Like I'm glad yeah, I targets, drafted him on most of my fantasy teams. Yeah, five targets, four receptions, 88 yards, um, averaging 22 yards. Like, yeah, he had that yeah, he, big one in the first quarter or whatever. He was he got the first touchdown, didn't he? I believe he yes. it was him. Yeah. It was Davis. Oh, man. Well, yeah, All right. Fun. So, yeah, NFL football's back. Now let's get to our predictions for the games on Sunday. And I'm just going in the order they have them up here. So the first game they have is Eagles at Lions, which, of course, my team is the Eagles. And this might shock you. I think the Eagles might start the season 0-2 and then kind of course correct from there. So I could actually see a scenario where they're losing this game. I think the, the Lions are going to be much better than they were last year. They're going to be coming off this like kind of Dan Campbell, you know, hard knocks. You saw the passion uh, of that team. I think they just might be so juiced up that they might surprise the Eagles and then get like a, I don't think it'll be a blowout or anything like that, but I think they might steal a victory here with like a last second field goal or something like that. Mm, all right. I, I, I don't, I still think the Eagles <laughs> win this game. Um, That's uh, what I think. Did, not what I hope. Did, okay. <laughs> uh, Detroit's definitely better, but they're not. I, I just, I mean, you're saying that the Eagles could, the Eagles, what you think that they are this season can beat what you saw last night with the Rams. So you're pretty much saying Detroit could beat the Rams last night. Um, no, because it's a full <laughs> it's a full season. And again, I think just how the schedule is lining up, I don't like them going to Detroit to play the Lions because I think the Lions are going to be a dangerous team this season in teams not expecting, you know, like them to actually be a formidable team and then getting punched in the mouth and being like, what the hell? And then losing <laughs> to the lions kind of like how last year the lions were like we talked about on the preview show the lions were so close to a bunch of like teams where it was just like how are the lions you know tied with uh didn't they like destroy arizona like last year when everybody was like arizona's the number one team in the league or whatever like yeah so i just think and then to skip ahead to the second week, the Eagles are playing the Vikings on Monday night and Kirk Cousins has just always owned them. But Kirk Cousins has also always sucked in primetime games. So that's going to be a weird, which side of that coin, you know, do we see happen? But yeah, so next game we have to go on from that one. I'm picking the Lions, surprisingly. You're picking the Eagles. Uh, We have the 49ers and the Bears. So... This will be the first official Trey Lance game. How do you think that's going to work out for him against a Bears team that many predict to be maybe the worst team in the league, tied there with Seattle and the Falcons and that kind of mix right there? Um, you know what? Uh, I, I, I think that he's going to do very well, but the only concerning spot is it's, it's the weather. The weather is supposed to be a rainy day, and even the best quarterbacks have, have trouble with the with, uh, with rain so um, we shall see there but i still think that san Fran kind of takes this with ease um i uh, currently they are at a, they're at a uh, minus seven for the win um but 
again, rain. It's not going to be all up to Trey Lance here. Um, so you never know what's going to, what's going to happen with, with that. Um, what, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think, I think we will, especially with you saying the weather like that, and we're having the West Coast team go to kind of like the East Coast, Midwest, kind of, you know, wherever you consider Chicago to be. But I think in terms of, we always hear like, oh, West Coast teams traveling to the East Coast. I think that's a myth that's been busted a, a, a long time ago. Like, I don't think it matters anymore, especially with how these multi-billion dollar franchises like travel. So that's not even a talking point. But I know when you look at lines, like that, you get like a, a one point for you know, the West coast going to the East coast. But I just think even if Trey Lance struggles, I just think the, how the hell are the bears going to score on this defense? How are they going to stop Debo Samuel? How are they going to stop just this 49ers offense? Even if Trey Lance isn't, you know, everything we thought he would be. And I just think there's way too many people buying into the, uh, Bears offense after we saw the Justin Fields last uh, preseason game where he like lit it up and had like a perfect passer rating and it's just like yeah but it was the third preseason game like he was playing against people who aren't like gonna even make the team so yeah, the, I just think squad plus uh, yeah I just think it's the 49ers and I think this is candidate of the week for biggest blowout like do you see this being uh, competitive at all I don't. I think it's, I don't see it competitive at all. Yeah. I also think this is a game where, unless you're a 49ers fan, like, or unless you're a Bears fan with some optimism, like, who the hell is watching this game? Like, ugh. But next up, we have the Steelers versus the Bengals. The Steelers being led by Mitch Trubisky, speaking of Bears former quarterbacks. Uh, obviously Joe Burrow and that Steelers defense coming in uh, top, I believe top three from last year, Bengals obviously runner up to the Super Bowl. So it's going to be in Cincinnati. Who do you got for this one, Casino? Um, I still have Cincinnati coming out on top. Um, just, I, I don't know. I don't have any trust really in Trubisky um, to, to do well. Uh, we talked about it last segment, uh, last episode. So that why do they have him in there in the first place? I mean, they, they should be giving the other guy um, uh, it's Pickett, right? Yeah, dude, they're yeah. not even Pickett's the third string quarterback. They have him behind uh, um, who's the other guy, the guy that got beat with the helmet by Miles Garrett. I can't think of his name. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but no, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see there really any chance in Cincinnati um, I, I think Burrow, Chase, they're just going to light up, light up Pittsburgh. Um, I, I don't really see there being much of a challenge uh, for the Bengals on, on that front. Well, the be- challenge, I just think it's going to be what a lot of we're going to talk about in these games, which is I don't know how the Steelers are going to be scoring touchdowns. They obviously have Najee Harris. They have uh, the – uh Piedman the tight end and then for they're kind of the Steelers always have good wide receivers right even though they lost Juju Smith-Schuster obviously they had all that stuff with Antonio Brown but they always find just like diamonds in the rough I think it's DeAndre Johnson is going to be their number one wide receiver so 
they they have people on offense, but can the quarterback get the ball to them when your quarterback is Mitch Trubisky, especially against a Bengals defense that, like we talked about on the preview show, only got better. The offense of the Bengals only got better. They didn't lose anybody. They're running it back. And will this Bengals team come out hungry with something to prove? Because like you said earlier, everybody is picking the Bills in the AFC. We're picking the Bills in the AFC. Do the Bengals be like, we got to the Super Bowl and nobody believes us. Like, is that enough of a chip on their shoulder to just project them to the best AFC team? Like, no, I, I, I do think they have a big chip on their shoulder. I think everybody thought last year was a fluke, which yep. I don't. I, yeah. that, that team is really good. It's young. And I think a lot of people thought it was a fluke because they were a young team. Oh, they just had a season. Can they, can they, any other team have this crazy run that the early Bengals did? And I'm like, ah, they're good. They're good. They're not, it's not a fluke. Um, no. At least to my eyes, it's not a fluke. And yeah, this one I think is a no contest. At they all. could, they could easily have the number one offense in the league. You have T Higgins, you have, um, uh, oh fuck. How am I blanking on his name? T Higgins. And who's the other wide receiver? Uh, Tyler Boyd. No, the um, God damn it. J- Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Thank you. So they have yeah. Jamar Chase on one side. They have T Higgins on the other. They have Joe Mixon. And then they have obviously Joe Burrow. And it's just like that could easily be top five rusher in the league, the best wide receiver duo in the league. And then Joe Burrow last year proved he can be the number one quarterback in the league. You know, when at least on the AFC side, everybody talks about uh, Josh Allen. Everybody talks about Patrick Mahomes. But how far is Joe Burrow really from those two? Like he doesn't feel that far off. Like, no. um, but so I think we're both picking, despite the Steelers having a great defense, I think we're both picking the Bengals. Uh, so next up your team, the Patriots at the dolphins. So will this be the dolphins fluky win against the Patriots they have every year? Or do you think that's their second matchup? I think that's the second matchup. Um, this year we took a different approach or we, I say we, I'm still in that, but I think the <laughs> Patriots uh, take a different approach this year. They did. Uh, they actually got down to Miami early, tried to get acclimated to the weather. Um, I, I still don't know if, if that'll be enough. This is going to be kind of dictating the season for both of these teams, um, mainly for the Patriots. If we could get past this game, okay. You know, we might have a shot to, to come out second in this division. Um, and then uh, if we don't win this game, it's kind of looking where you were thinking, um, just being above the Jets, under the Dolphins. And, um, yeah, I, I think this the game won. I mean, it always is, you know, season. You you kind of have that feel of, like, a lot of people have the overreaction and um, teams feed off of that. Um, but, I, I yeah, I think this is a big game for them. Um, yes, we had many years where we've gone 0-2 a couple of times with the Super Bowl, 0-2 coming back, win the Super Bowl, but it's different. We have the rookie Mac Jones. We don't have Tom Brady. We don't have McDaniels. Um, so starting off slow is not really an option, I think, this time around. Um, but so this is going to be a tough one for them. Um, it, it's only, I think, minus uh, three is where I saw it last. Um, or three, five. I, I it's going to be a tough season for uh, the, or a tough first game for the past year. Um, I, I would actually take the dolphins just because of the track record um, being down in Miami, but I, I hope I'm wrong. 
I hope that uh, I hope getting down there early actually changed, you know, uh, helped helped with acclimating to that weather, um, and uh, Patriots can actually make it a game. But um, I still would pick the Dolphins currently. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you with everything you said. I think the number one concern for obviously if you're a Patriots fan is what is this offense going to look like, right? The dolphins have a kind of middle of the road defense. They got it better towards the end of the year last year. They obviously can put pressure on, you know, Mac Jones. And, but it's just like, when that pressure comes, who does he throw it to? Like, who are his options? Who are we seeing that, you know, can step up for the Patriots? You guys lost Nikhil, uh, what is it? Nikhil Harry, Nikhil yeah. Henry, uh, Harry, we got rid of that guy. Um, yeah, there's not really too many options out there right now for him um, to throw to. I mean, we do have, we got your old guy. We got Nelson. Um, Ugh. Good uh, luck. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Uh, he didn't really show too much for us. Um, our biggest stars are definitely going to be uh, Kendrick Bourne. Um, and also, I mean, Jacoby Myers has got a little injury right now. Um I actually haven't looked to see if he's going to be starting or not. Um, but then, I mean, our number one guy that we, we have was uh, we, we picked up Parker and he was tossed to, you know, tossed to the curb. Like he was just, just trash. So we shall see how that turned out. And then the big question mark for the dolphins is how will this is what the third year for Tua like this is the make or break year. They went out, they got him weapons. He obviously has one of the most explosive wide receivers in the league. We talked about in the previous episode, how all those videos were coming out of camp where he's under throwing deep balls, even though that was never really Tyreek's specialty in Kansas city. He always made his big long receptions on bubble screens and slants that he just took to the house. So it's weird. They're trying to incorporate a quarterback who doesn't have a cannon of, a, of an arm in like just trying to throw it deep instead of just doing little slant or bubble screens to the fastest, maybe the fastest wide receiver who's ever played the game and then just let him outrun everybody. So we'll see <coughs> on one side, he's got Tyreek Kill. Yeah. On one side, he's got Tyreek Hill. The other side, he has Jalen Waddle. Uh, so yeah, this all comes down to can Tua, can Bill Belichick put up a defense that contains the outside weapons, right? Because Jalen Waddle can go deep. Obviously we just talked about Tyreek Hill. So it's like, can so, I, but I don't trust Tua against a uh, Bill Belichick defense. No. So, so it's something that I'm hoping is, is just our defense is, uh, strong enough to keep us into the game. Um, I mean, Tua with his hips, I mean you for a quarterback you really need those to get that ball out and get it to the project you know to where you need it to get to so i'm wondering is there going to be a lot of underthrown balls and belichick is gonna have those safeties bring in a little bit and let the over the top pass happen because if it's 40 50 yards you know 40 yards downfield can Tua get that ball i think it's going to be a big second half uh, adjustment adjustment uh, Belichick will play it by ear, kind of see how it looks. Um, but if Tua can't get the ball up and over, I'm, I'm sure that uh, Belichick's just going to fill that middle part and say, try to beat my my safeties and my corners over the top. Good luck. And then just 
keep them contained is that Ben don't break defense as we talked about last week. Yeah. Um, so that that's kind of my hope for the game defensive wise um, is Tua just can't get the ball as far as he needs to. And then we just bottle up that middle and, um, and uh, don't let him get past that 10 yards. And they just have to try to beat us by a million cuts. So we'll see. <laughs> so now uh, we set all that to where you're still picking the dolphins, right? I am. <laughs> yeah, me too. But I do think this will be closer than people think. I don't think this will be a blowout by any means. I don't see this game getting like out of control. I just feel like it's what you said, like death by a thousand cuts, or maybe they do try the deep ball and just realize it's not working. Or maybe it does work and I'll be shocked, but I don't see that happening. No, so, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. Next up, maybe the most intriguing game that before the season really got going with the offseason stuff nobody predicted would be as interesting as it turned out to be the Browns at the Panthers the Panthers being led by Baker Mayfield the Browns being led by uh Jacoby Brissett obviously Deshaun Watson out until what didn't we say eight the first eight games I believe Um, he's out I thought it was 11 Oh, it's 11. Okay. So, well, we definitely know he won't be playing in this game. So Panthers, Browns, who you got casino? I'm, I'm going with Panthers here. Um, I, I think Baker comes out with, uh, yeah, I think he comes out with some vengeance here. Um, Cause I don't think he's a bad quarterback no. at all. And you look um, at his stats from last year, he actually pr- had a pretty good season last year, but he had the injury that you could tell was like hindering him, hindering him. Uh, yeah, I think I it, right now they have it as a pick em, um and I'm picking Panthers. Uh, I don't see, yeah, I, I don't see the Browns with everything they have going on in that organization are going to be head focused, ready to go for opening day, especially, and they are playing in Carolina, if I recall. Right? Yes. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like that's, yeah, there, and there's some weather there. And I, I, I just think, I think Baker's got this. I think he's going to come out pissed and, ready to show show Cleveland you shouldn't have got rid of me and that it wasn't his fault on why that team is so bad well we're also seeing uh the return obviously of Christian McCaffrey like he's when he's on the field he's a game changer right he can be your number one wide receiver he can be the best running back in the league but the thing holding him back has always been injuries yeah so we'll he looks he healthy he looks to be healthy going into this season we obviously have Mayfield with the revenge game I've always liked uh DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson I've always liked Robbie Anderson I think he's underrated but it's come to that point where Robbie Anderson when they were questioning getting Baker Mayfield or whatever he said he didn't want Baker Mayfield so Baker Mayfield kind of seems like the type of guy to be like oh you didn't want me here like then I'm not throwing the ball to you like he seems like that guy (laughs) like uh, petty (laughs) but I also feel like Baker Mayfield definitely feels like the guy who has the grudge, who has the chip on his shoulder, who wants to throw a hundred touchdowns on the Browns just to like do the chant and like the, maybe he flips off the sidelines. Maybe he just freaks out and does that (laughs) running down the field, like, you know, rah, rah thing. So I don't see how the, Panthers don't I think the Panthers have an improved defense I think their offense will 
be really good and definitely better under Baker than it was under Sam Darnold or we saw PJ Walker last year had that one game. Just McCaffrey staying healthy. If if McCaffrey is 50% of what he normally is, that's, that's still a top running back. So yeah. um, Yeah. I I don't understand why this is so close um, to be honest. Um, I don't know why they haven't had to pick them. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to blow them out, but I don't understand why it's a pick them. No, I don't either. I just think, I think the Panthers, especially in like, we've talked about a weak NFC this year. I think the Panthers can surprise some people. We have a depleted Bucks team, a Saints team who, who knows what the hell they're going to be. And then you have Falcons contending for the worst team in the league. Like why couldn't the Panthers win that division, get a wild card or something of that effect? I mean, we've right. seen Baker has led teams in the past to the Super Bowl. It's not like he's, or not the Super Bowl. I mean, the playoffs. It's not like he's right. some bum, you know, quarterback or whatever. But uh, so I think we're both picking the Panthers on that one. Uh, let's go to the next one, which is Colts at Texans. I, I mean, I think this is just Colts with no real maybes for the Texans, right? Correct. That's where I'm at. There's, there's no, no shot. No, unless maybe the Col- unless the Colts pull off what they did, you know, last, uh, last year's last game of the season where they just, Oh, I can make the playoffs. Oh, well, no, they got rid of the reason why that happened, which was Carson Wentz. I've lived the, <laughs> the ups and lows of that quarterback. So, yeah, now they have Matt Ryan and maybe David Mills can put a, you know, up something. But, yeah, I think Texans are also going to be in that uh, Bears-Falcons mix. With, for the worst team. Yeah. yeah. So I think the Colts kind of, I don't feel like this is going to be a blowout. I kind of feel like it's just going to be one of those things where you just can't stop the Colts and it's just going to be slowly just that score is going to be ever climbing. And then, yeah, by the time that game ends, you're like, wait, the Colts won 32 to like seven? Like, oh, okay. Like that'll just be one of those games where I don't think really anything's going to come out of it. So next up, we have the Saints and Falcons. We obviously have Saints with the whole new look. Basically, team got rid of Drew Brees, got rid of Sean Payton. Now they have Dennis Allen, the former Raiders coach, as the head coach, and Jameis Winston as the starting quarterback against just a Falcons team led by Marcus Mariota, no Calvin Ridley, just a depleted, rebuilding Falcons team. So... Is this pretty much Colts Texan, but in the NFC? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, because the Saints defense is still a good defense, um, even though you know the offense looks completely different. Uh, but yeah, the defense I think is just at that at the bare minimum will win them this game. Um, I just don't think Marcus Mariota, with what he has in Atlanta, is going to do anything. No, I don't think the. Um... I don't think the Falcons have really anything on offense. I don't know why. I don't know why everyone seems like they love Marcus Marcus Mariota, who's done nothing in the league. Like, I don't know if this is. He still has one of the coolest touchdowns of all time. He threw it and threw it and caught it himself and got the touchdown. Yeah. Unless he does that for every single play down in the red zone. Yeah, I don't think they have a shot. (laughs) And then also the. Let's see, the New Orleans Saints, they have the returning Michael Thomas, 
who I believe, I think I saw something where he's like the number one choice to be uh, NFL comeback player of the year. So I'm assuming be it, would nice be, it would be between him and uh, Christian McCaffrey, right? Like those are the two like big, big profile names who could probably win that award. Uh, they also have Alvin Kamara, who everybody I feel like forgets that Alvin Kamara is still dealing with that off-season thing where he has like that hearing in like a month or whatever so yeah who knows if he still sticks around he could be you know uh suspended maybe mid-season I don't know if that would happen but I mean it's a possibility he's in like legal trouble the NFL doesn't trump that so no who but uh yeah I think no this how is much just the league thinks that they are the judge and executioner <laughs> they're not no but so, yeah, I'm with you. I think it's Saints all the way. I think it could be like very similar to the Colts Texans where the game ends and it's like 28 to three. And again, I don't know who's watching this game unless you're a Saints fan. Even if you're a Falcons fan, I'd be like next year, next year. Next year. <laughs> but man, we got three stinkers in a row because next up is Ravens at Jets. So we found out we're recording this Friday morning and the breaking news on the Ravens is that Lamar Jackson has not come to a new contract agreement. He's basically saying he's going to start the season without any new contract to speak of. So that might be a distraction for the Ravens, but I don't think it'll be even a slightly a big enough distraction to, to lose against the Jets who yeah. are starting Joe Flacco. <laughs> oh Flacco. Do we get do we get the Baker Revenge tour with Flacco going back to the Ravens? No. 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 He's 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 too old. He's he's the Jets have no other options <laughs> with Wilson being injured. They had to go with Flacco, man. So I mean I, it's not good. He all uh Zach Wilson needs to get back on the field is just all his friends' mom's phone numbers. Maybe yeah. they can do, they have some ointments or something to help him. And help him relieve his stress. Yeah. Out there. Maybe some type of massages. I don't know. But um, <laughs> so between the games we've talked about so far, 49ers, Bears, Colts, Texans, Saints, Falcons, Ravens, Jets, which do you think if you had to put money on it is going to be the biggest blowout for the obviously favored, bigger, better team? Oh man. Um, uh, I think it's either 49ers and bears or Ravens and jets. I, I want to say jets. Ravens jets because I don't, I still have question marks about Trey Lance. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. You agree with me? Raven, yeah. I mean, it, it's between those two, but I, yeah, the jets are just bad. They're just <laughs> bad. And that's not me trying to be a jets hater being in my division. That's just, they're bad. Yeah. They're in a rebuilding year every year for the last, how long? Uh, since, since they Mark Sanchez. What, <laughs> was it like, what, 2011, 2009, or whichever. I was going to say 11. Uh, yeah. It was 11 when, uh, when, when they beat out the Patriots for the playoff season uh, that year. Wasn't so, that also the butt fumble year, or was that the next year? When that's when it all started falling apart. I don't remember. It was right around that time, but that's why I smiled when we we, moved, we talked about that. And, oh, the butt fumble. <laughs> and now, times. ironically, Zach Wilson is butt fumbling into his friend's mom's. So it's like, oh, 
<laughs> it's a Jets quarterback thing. I mean, who knows? But nice segue here to the Jaguars and Commanders, which Carson Wentz, maybe the only type of fumble or interception he hasn't done in his career is a butt fumble. Maybe we get that in this game. Maybe we get that in this season. So it's going to be Jaguars at Commanders. I think the Jag, I think this has the potential to be a blowout. And I think we might see the Jaguars like emerge Merge. as an AFC, I wouldn't say contender, but maybe playoff, uh, uh, maybe team that can vie for that last wild bubble, playoff a bubble spot. team there for the, for the yeah. Spot. Yeah, no, it definitely. I mean, as we talked last episode, this is a much improved Jags team. They got rid of their cancer. Um, they, they know what's, yeah, they know what's going on. And, and, and Lawrence, he actually wants to win. He, he's out there to win. Um, even with all the distractions that he had last season, he was still out there competing every game, trying. So I, I think with everything that is now gone from that team and what they've acquired, I do think that they're going to be a much better team. I don't, I don't agree with you on being a, a blowout, but they're definitely going to, they're definitely going to have a few plays in there. I think where people are going to be like, Oh, well, okay. This team is definitely, definitely something we should watch. Well, they but, um, also paid that big money to Christian Kirk in the offseason that kind of reset the wide receiver market. They got him from the uh, Cardinals. They have the Travis Ettini, the wide receiver or the running back that's coming in. They got Marvin Jones. They have Zay Jones. They have Evan Ingram. I think they have an improved offensive line. Like, I think if Lawrence can be even like you're saying, like maybe a quarter as good or better than he was last season, which how could he not be like this team? I feel like is almost the Detroit of the AFC, which is they're going to surprise some people. They're going to punch some people in the mouth, just coming right out of the gate. They have obviously the defense with Devin Lloyd, the Josh Allen defensive end or whatever, where, or the linebacker, I believe. And then they have people who can play on both sides of the field. But again, like you're saying, they were being coached by maybe the worst NFL head coach hire we've ever seen. And they still showed sparks of, oh, there's something here last year. Now they're being coached by my team's former coach, a Super Bowl champion, Doug Peterson. Like, how can they not be better on all fronts of the, the you know, side, all fronts of the sides of the ball where, offense defense special teams just by changing coaching like right i I totally agree with that uh so there's nothing nothing there you said that is i would i would change yeah and then on the commander side we obviously have uh you know carson wentz who is not a bad quarterback he just makes really dumb decisions i've never seen good quarterbacks make so i feel like uh, when you're Tell betting, me how you really feel about Carson Wentz. I would, I will always love Carson Wentz for bringing the first, for helping bring the first Super Bowl to the Eagles. I will always have a love hate Carson uh, with Carson Wentz because the hate comes from everything he did after that, which is he turned basically an entire team against him, made people choose sides, had like the most scandalous shit coming out of the locker room being like, he's a dickhead. He doesn't like us. He doesn't like being coached and just like turning what should have been an Eagles 
maybe playoff run where, you know, they could have potentially won or just been in contention for the next two Super Bowls after that, he almost single-handedly helped blow up that team. So I'll always love him for helping get the Super Bowl, but hate him for killing the potential of what could have been more. Like, right. so I can't really talk, uh, what is it, without bias against him because there's so much history with him. But just without bias, we've seen this on every team he's been on. He's going to win you a lot of games, but there's going to be weeks where him doing an interception or taking a sack that takes you out of field goal range or fumbling the ball, he's going to lose you at least two games a season from dumb quarterback play. So is this one of those times? Maybe, who knows? But are you, so you're picking the Jaguars as well? Yes. Uh, next up, we have an interesting and in our first afternoon game, Packers at Vikings. So this, this has the feel of who's going to win that division. Like yep. whoever wins this game wins the division uh, <laughs> kind of feel to it. Um, I'm really excited to, to, to see how this plays on out. Well, um, I, I'll let you start on this. Where, where do you think? I mean, I think the Vikings are in contention for the best, especially what we saw from the Rams. They could potentially be the best team in the NFC. I think they will have the best offense. They obviously got rid of Mike Zimmer, who was him and Kirk Cousins just had, what is it? The weirdest relationship ever for a head coach and a, a player. I believe it's Kevin Stefanski is the new, am I? It sounds right. I, th I believe it's Kevin Stefanski. There was so, there were so many moves in this yeah. season. It's hard to keep track sometimes. No. He's with the Browns. He's the Browns quarterback or the Browns uh, head coach. Let me see who the Vikings one is. Vikings head coach, Kevin O'Connell. Sorry. So he right. was, uh, he's the new Vikings uh, head coach and he's an offensive guy, which I feel like why I don't like the Patriots is they're the only team going defense first when everybody else is pivoting to offense. But I feel like if him and Kirk Cousins even have a cordial relationship, that's better than what he had with Mike Zimmer. You have uh, Adam Thielen, you have Justin Jefferson, you have Delvin Cook, you just have all the pieces in place to have like the most talented roster in the NFL, right? Like in terms of can score at will, and then their defense is nothing to sneeze at. So the Packers. And then you flip, then you flip it and then the Packers have nobody. Yeah, the Packers have, I mean, they're tied for the worst wide receiving offense in the league, right? Like, I mean, they have nobody. They have Valdez Scantley. They have, uh, and then a bunch of question marks. And even Valdez on most teams would be, what, the third or fourth wide receiving option. So, yeah, the I just think, especially the Packers going into Minnesota, I I'm, think I'm picking the Vikings. The Packers also always start out slow. I believe last year they started 0-2 to start the season. So I just think, yeah, this I, is the Vikings I, I, division I, to lose. I So I still, going off of last week, I still have the Packers coming out on that one uh, or out of, out of the division. But this game in particular, um, I, think, I think you're right. I think the Vikings – will take it but uh hopefully that sparks rogers and so i can get that pick right 
for the regular <laughs> season. But um, yeah, it comes down to those two teams um, in that division. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see on that. But I, I mean, you nailed every, you nailed every point there. And I will take the Vikings this game uh, going into Lambeau might be different. Um, and then just uh, through the season wise, I, I still would pick the Panthers. Um, but that we're, we're split on that decision. So the looking up the Packers depth chart, they have Alan Lazar, who is doubtful for this game. They have Sammy Watkins, and then they have, do they not even have Valdez Scantley even on their team anymore? Oh, I've been saying his name like he's, I don't even know who these wide receivers are. Christian Watkins, Romeo Dobbs, Samori Tor, like Sammy Watkins is always injured. You have Randall Cobb, who is on his last, was on his last legs three years ago. And then you have Alan Lazar, who's out of this game. So literally they're going to the field with Sammy Watkins, who can be good, but I don't know if he can be a number one. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Samori uh, Tor. Like, who who are any of these names? Who are, uh, yeah. So I just don't think, I don't care how good Rodgers is. Like, you're still not going to be able to score. So I don't know. I just could get it to Aaron Aaron Jones is going to have to do quite a bit. Yeah. I think they'll figure it out throughout the season. But uh, game one against the Vikings, where it kind of needs to be a must win. I think the Vikings, you're right, will take it with the, with with the higher powered offense there i'm right there with you uh next up we have giants at titans maybe contender for the worst game this week like it's not gonna be fun to watch uh, no but uh i do take titans again i pick giants to be the worst team in the league yeah i have i'm not backing away from that um so yeah i do think titans will just uh kind of it, it doesn't even they don't even need to play a good game it's just can kind of I, uh, which which team did you say with with the Colts where it's just like a slow a slow uptick every every quarter where they just three points here three points here ten points here like it's just yeah not... and well and plus they're just gonna have a healthy Derrick Henry who hasn't taken any hits yet so what is the over under him getting thirty carries this game like just uh, just running it down the throat of. I mean, they don't have anything to compete with that. They're still starting Daniel Jones. All right. So sorry we had a little uh, break there for Casino to do his parenting stuff. So, yeah, we're back. And I just realized while we had that little break uh, that Marquez Valdez Scantling is on the Chiefs. So I could easily go back and edit out all the times where I said he was on the Packers, but I don't care that much. There's 32 teams. I'm probably going to mess up way more names. So let's just get it out in the open in the first two episodes. Well, I mean, there was so many turn. There was so much turnover and so many switches this season. I'm I'm still trying to play catch up on it all. Yeah. And but again, he wasn't even the Packers like a good Packers wide receiver. He's just him and uh, the other guy, the um uh, Lazar, those are the only two names I recognize. Like they, they have all new wide receivers besides Sammy Watkins, who was injured most of last season. So yeah, just thought I would uh, try to give myself a little leeway on that one. But let's do Titans, Giants. Let's just pick. I think we're picking both Titans, right? Yeah. 
Uh, so next up, three sneaky good games to end Sunday, uh, just in how they're listed here. And then one Monday night game that has at least a storyline to it. So the good, the three good Sunday uh, midday games, which usually is, uh, that's surprising because usually you don't get really any good Sunday afternoon games. Not, but yeah. we have first one Raiders at Chargers. So rematch of the last week of the regular season last year where the Raiders win on a last second field goal to knock the Chargers out of the playoffs. Revenge game here. Raiders are going to L.A. Uh, who you got on this one, Casino? Man, I don't know. Um, as we talked <laughs> about this, this division is just stacked. Um, so the, the, they have the Chargers uh, minus three and a half right now. Um, I think I would lean Chargers just because it is at home, um, even though the Chargers don't really have much of a, you know, the heavy fan base there. I think the, there's going to be plenty of Raider fans there. Oh, yeah. Uh, but um, on, on just the sole fact of um, that it's in L.A., Chargers. Uh, <laughs> But it's 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 too close. I mean, it's going to be a high-scoring game uh, regardless. Um, both these offenses, I feel, are really really stacked. And I'm not saying anything about the bad about their defense. I just think this is going to be a very high-scoring game. Um, very fun show. Um, I mean, you have Vegas and LA, so you, you know, yeah. lights, camera, action for both for both cities. Uh, this is going to be a fun fun game to watch um what do you got for it well we're also gonna see i feel like this will be a big factor mm -hmm. in it which is jc jackson is listed as questionable right now so he's obviously their best cornerback on oh, the chargers yeah. so if him. he doesn't play then it's all Devonte adams game right like you have asante samuel jr you have uh derwin james jr like maybe they can help you you know kind of try to limit what Devontae Adams can do, but this is going to be the first game we see Devontae Adams, the Derek Carr connection. They obviously have, uh, you know, uh, from everything we've heard in the offseason, like it sounds like these two are happier to play with each other than maybe they've been happier to play with anybody. Devontae Adams kind of taking slight little shots at Aaron Rodgers, which I know uh, you and I, we respect Aaron Rodgers, but we're not necessarily the biggest fan Thanks. of him, yeah. especially his life outside of football. He just seems like kind of an asshole. Like, I mean, I like, I, just I just kind of, just, just, <laughs> just kind of, well, I like wrestling. He really gives me CM Punk vibes. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers gives me CM Punk vibes, but I think in terms of this game, we have, yeah, just a new look Raiders team, a, new offense with uh, Devonte Adams with the Josh McDaniels as their new head coach. So could we see, you know, could we see the Raiders? Would it be an upset if the Raiders beat the chargers here? I mean, a lot of overreactions of that will be, yes, this will be a giant upset if that happens. But again, this division is so tough that um, I don't know. I mean, but I don't know how it's going to go with this division, but as we said, they're going to beat the crap out of each other the entire season, um, that this could potentially mean nothing, honestly. Yeah. Um, 
or it can mean everything. Uh, the, this this is just gonna be a fun. I really don't know what else to say about it besides it's gonna be a fun game. There, I mean, both offenses are explosive. Um, it's can which defense can hold up a little bit more than the other. Well, I think the the Chargers have a much better defense than the Raiders here. Obviously, the Raiders' defense has to try to contain uh, Herbert, which Herbert, it looks like to be, what, a top five quarterback in the league? Like, there's not much better than him. So, Derek Carr is real hit or miss. I feel like he's still underrated for how good of a quarterback he is. But last year, I mean... That game, I believe, wasn't it the Chargers who were ahead that game like by like a touchdown or two, and then the Raiders were the ones that came back and won it. So maybe the Raiders, we've already seen the Raiders kind of have the Chiefs number, and we talked about this with the NFC West, and now this is the AFC West, where each team kind of has the other team's number. So from what we've seen, the Raiders look like they kind of have the Chiefs and Chargers numbers. And will that play into the season? Like, will that be a holdover from last season? I don't know. But I feel like I'm still picking the Chargers, even though I feel like I can make a compelling case for the Raiders. Right. And if I recall right, I think I said I had the Chargers coming out of this division on top. Um, But it's just going to be a fun show. But I, I, I think that the Chargers defense is just going to be the deciding factor here because both offenses are explosive that the Chargers will just have the edge when it comes to come to this game and probably a lot of games down the line with that division. Well, it's also, do you trust Josh Jacobs or do you trust Eckler on the Chargers? I don't really trust trust uh, Josh Jacobs. He has those Cam Akers games where he'll get the ball 10 times and he'll rush for eight yards. And you're just like, what happened to Josh Jacobs? Or was there ever a Josh Jacobs that will be, you know, like live up to the potential of a first round pick. We'll see. But I think, uh, yeah, I think this is chargers all day. Fair enough. All right. Uh, Next up, another sneaky good game uh, chiefs at the Cardinals. So we have Kyler Murray. We have uh, a Tyree kill less Patrick Mahomes. Who you got for this one casino? Uh, I still have the chiefs coming out on top on this one, even though it is in Arizona. Um, they have it at uh, plus uh, plus six for Arizona. I don't. I think Arizona's going to make it a closer game than that. Um, I, I do think this is going to be settled by a field goal or maybe uh, a field goal or two. I mean, yeah, they have them at six, but it is going to be a closer game than most people probably think. Um, the big note, as you said, uh, Mahomes doesn't have Hill. Um, what what will happen with that? Um, he's going to have to rely on a lot on. Uh, Travis Kelsey going down the middle um, and if there's no real massive deep threat what uh, what are really they gonna worry about on the back end I mean much. the the Chiefs have my number one wide receiver Val uh, Marquez Valdez Scantley so the sky's <laughs> the limit but no so they have uh, but like they have the Juju Smith-Schuster thing as we talked last episode um, if you can give them any bit of you know down the line and just bring some of that safety. Um, I think they'll be just fine. Um, Kyler Murray is going to have, I think, a little bit harder shot to to beat the Chiefs, even though it is at home. Um, well, and remember, Kyler Murray doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins. He suspended the first what six games? I believe he's the six game one. So 
yeah, he doesn't. Who does he have for his other weapons? He lost. Uh, obviously, um, he lost Christian Kirk to the Jaguars. He's got Mar- maybe they have Marquise Brown, uh, AJ Green. They have a Zach Ertz who feels like he's kind of much closer to over the hill than at his peak. So I don't know. But then again, we talked about this in last week's episode. The Cardinals always start out the season just on fire. Great. I could see, I could see a potential upset here where maybe the Chiefs take a couple weeks to kind of get in the flow of things. I still think there's way too many question marks with uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I just don't see him as a number one running back. I just think there's better options out there. I could see the Chiefs going running back in the next draft. I just don't trust him as a number one back with no real number two, like Jarek McKinnon. He's always been a pass catching out of the back wide receiver. I don't see him being a lead back who's taken 25, you know, carries a game. I just, what are your thoughts on Clyde Edwards Hilaire and that like chiefs running game? We obviously know the passing game has maybe the best quarterback in the game in Mahomes, but in terms of their running, you, you got a good point there. I mean, the running game is kind of up in air. Um, especially when you look over at the Cardinal, I mean, James Conner, you know what he is. Um, I, I, yeah, that, that is a good point there. Um, the running game will definitely be something to watch for the Chiefs. And if they don't get that going, and again, they don't have that heavy, heavy hill over the top, they may struggle a little bit with offense. But uh, if we've seen anything with Mahomes, even though we don't appreciate, well, not appreciate, we, we don't really agree with that kind of running like backyard school football kind of thing, he still can get it done. He's one of those random flukes that can do that sort of thing. So yeah. even if even if his running game's not rolling and um, uh, uh, Edwards is not really proven to what he should, you know, what what he was doing last year for him, um, then yeah, he's going to have to get a little bit. Uh, yeah, because who's their backup running back? It's the Jarek McKinnon. Oh yeah, McKinnon. Yeah, and then after that, um, yeah, no, there's, there's not much. And then uh, McKinnon, um, yeah, you're right. He he's always been that kind of catch out of the backfield kind of guy. Um, that's something that I've always, whenever with my fantasy team, I would pick him because he was getting a lot of those touches and being that kind of toss toss off to the slant there and and get him to run. But a true running back, if if Edwards doesn't produce, then they may have an issue with that. They may have a problem. Well, and then the diamond in the the rough, the potential, like you're hearing out of camp, like, ooh, this guy might be, you know, a good uh, wide receiver that's kind of catches people off guard is Sky Moore, you hear, is apparently a, a player. He had a good preseason. So could he be the deep threat the Chiefs may be missing? I mean, I don't think any of those questions will be answered in this game one, but it'll definitely be a, I feel like much closer game one, because I feel like going into this game, there's just more question marks with the chiefs than there are with the Cardinals, but we all saw how the Cardinal season ended and it wasn't good. But then again, that Bengals game, the Bengals chiefs game is what has been, what a lot of people have said is one of the weirdest NFL games I've ever watched. Like how the fuck did the Bengals win that game? Like, there's question marks. So, but are you still picking the Chiefs Casino? I am. I'm going the upset. I think it's going to be Cardinals. I'm picking Cardinals. 
So next up, we have two games left. Uh, weird that this is the first year I can remember in a long time where we only have one Monday night game. That seems weird, right? There's only one Monday night. Yeah, but yeah there's the one Monday. I feel like Raiders Chargers should have also been Monday night, but maybe because the Monday night game is already a West Coast game, but I don't know. Uh, so next up, we have our Sunday night game, which is Buccaneers and Tom Brady at Cowboys. So who you got on this one, Casino? Ooh, um, <laughs> I don't know. Dallas and Dallas, I, I don't trust that team. And, and you know, Brady's Brady, but I, I think I might pick Dallas on this one. That would be the upset on it. But I think Dak has a lot to prove this season, um, especially with his big old contract that he has. And, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think I'm leaning Dallas. I could be crazy. But that's what I'm rolling with. I just think uh, – I think the only thing Tampa Bay really has going for them is obviously Tom Brady. I feel like you give – him or Belichick prep before a season like Tom Brady has quietly owned the Cowboys every time he's played in Cowboys Stadium it's just one of those teams like like that team and I think it's the Broncos he just has like an insane record against for some reason he just owns those two teams like that are outside of his division that you know like were teams he would just randomly play throughout his career so I trust Tom Brady going into a big primetime game. I think the Cowboys and the loss of, oh, who was it? The loss of Tyron Smith on the offensive line, I think is going to be a really big factor because the Cowboys used to have one of the top three offensive lines in the league, right? That Then they would just uh, run the ball down your throat with Ezekiel uh, Elliott. You give Dak Prescott time to find all of his weapons. Well, Ezekiel Elliott's definitely on the downside of his career. He's had his seasons have gotten worse and worse every year. Tony Pollard, uh, Tony Pollard, I'm sorry, is I don't know. He's a better running back at this point, but I don't think they could justify sitting Ezekiel Elliott behind him because of how much they're paying Ezekiel Elliott. Right. But it kind of went downhill for Zeke when he got that uh, tattoo. <laughs> I mean, you could probably connect the dots from yeah. him being good to him being bad right after that tattoo. But <laughs> the Cowboys, Michael Gallup's out this game. It's literally just CeeDee Lamb. They obviously traded uh, Amari Cooper to the Browns. They lost Cedric Wilson in the offseason. So their offense is basically going to be a beat up Ezekiel Elliott on the down slope, a beat up offensive line, a CD lamb who we've never seen be wide receiver one, right? He's always been wide receiver two behind all the attention getting to Amari Cooper. And then you have Dalton Schultz as their uh, tight end. Nobody on their defense really scares you. They have uh, Demarcus Lawrence and, uh, I guess they have Vandershek, uh, and then who's the uh, Mika Parsons? Like they have those three guys, but those three guys are all up front. So they're back end. They have nobody who scares you. I feel like this is going to be one of those things where, you know, Trevon Diggs last year had all those interceptions, but most of those felt lucky. And the other time, if he wasn't catching interceptions, he was just getting annihilated, annihilated. So, Sure, he can pick off Brady once, but the rest of the game, I feel like Brady's just going to feast on this secondary. 
I mean, you still have Mike Evans. Who on who on the Dallas Cowboys is going to be the one to stop Mike Evans? Like, uh, I, they don't have too much on that cornerback. Uh, they, well, they do have uh, Trayvon Diggs and uh, uh, who else was there? Anthony Brown. No. Well, and then also we forgot to mention that the Buccaneers picked up Julio Jones this offseason. So who knows? First game of the season, this might be a Von Miller thing where, yeah, Julio Jones might be past his prime, but he hasn't been hit. The season hasn't been going. This might be a Julio Jones game. I mean, Fair enough. yeah. So I pick one crazy, crazy game. So I'm going to go with Cowboys here. See, I feel like this was my Chiefs Cardinals pick of me picking the Cardinals over the Chiefs. So I think I'm still going Buccaneers, even though I don't like either of these teams, just in terms of offensive lines, defense, like depleted weapons, uh, even though the Buccaneers got better weapons, but everybody just on that team, all the wide receivers just feel so much like older, like, yeah. Uh, next up, we have the last game of this week, Monday Night Football. Broncos and Russell Wilson going into Seattle and this is the Baker Mayfield Panthers going to the Browns or Browns going to the Panthers but we get to see Russ go back to Seattle Seattle is starting Geno Smith so it is Geno Smith versus the powerhouse Geno Smith versus (laughs) Russell Wilson on Monday Night Football how the how Make the case for how the Seahawks win this game. What has to happen? Yeah, there's my case. <laughs> <laughs> my kid laughed at that one, too. <laughs> I mean, it just has to be Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf going off, right? Like, that's the only yeah, hope but, they have. But here's the thing. Is, is Do you trust Geno Smith to get it to him? No. I don't. Not at all. <laughs> Your child finds the prospect of Seahawks winning <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Yes. But maybe, maybe Pete Carroll has some, I know how to stop Russell Wilson mindset plan in the back of his head. But I just think this is Broncos all day. And then you get my Super Bowl pick, the Denver Broncos. You get the emergence of them on Monday night as like, oh shit, the Broncos are for real. Russ, Russ is back. Russ is cooking. Like, I think this has potential to be blowout of the week. Yeah. I, yeah, I just, I don't see, I don't see any chance for Seattle. Uh, Wilson is going to come out. He's in a different scheme now. He's not with the the whole Pete Carroll thing. He's going to be able to throw the ball to where, where he wants and to who he wants. Um, Yeah. I, I, I think Russell Wilson's going to be completely revitalized playing in Denver. He's going to come out and just slay it. Yeah, I agree. And that is our week one, previews slash picks uh so for college football on saturday this seems like a really down week i mean really the big game this week is alabama at texas but i think alabama steamrolls them maybe kentucky florida florida ranked 12th kentucky ranked 20th uh other than that nothing really going on this week in the world of college football well it all started off on week one (laughs) Uh, that week one was just absolutely, I mean, you start off with uh, um, like three versus 11 and. Uh, yep. Well, we saw also that just Oregon uh, Georgia game where Oregon already in midseason form getting absolutely annihilated by another ranked team. 
So we, we do this with Oregon every year. Like I'm an Oregon fan, but we do it Same. where Oregon gets all this hype. They're a top five team in the league and everybody's uh, giving uh, Oregon all this blowjob preseason credit. And then the first ranked team they play, they get absolutely annihilated. And then they win the next 11 games and everybody's like, Oregon's back. Oregon's back and then they get into their first playoff game and then they get absolutely annihilated again and then we just do it all over it's just it's, it's the jerseys I'm man done with everybody, Oregon. everybody just loves the jerseys everybody, I'm done with them everybody gets it's hard on that <laughs> uh, but uh so college football nothing really to talk about uh this week but casino wanted to end the show talking about the WNBA, so a sport that I know nothing about. I know the <laughs> Las Vegas Ace Aces, which is where we're recording from, Las Vegas. I know they are in the finals, right? Yeah, no, yeah. So they 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 beat uh, the Seattle Storm, uh, ending Sue Bird's career in Seattle. Uh, just well in the WNBA, she's now done, um, and that one felt like the actual finals to me. Um, it it was a best of five series. It went four games but every game was absolutely close. And if you want to just see some amazing basketball, just amazing sports, um, watch the ending of game three between the Aces and the Seattle Storm. There was like a collective of like 11, 12 points scored. (laughs) I have my child coming in. Here, come here, come here. Okay, sorry, keep going casino. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that was great. And so now we're in, and then an actual, an upset on the other bracket, uh, to face now the aces in the NBA final. We have, um, we have the Connecticut sun, um, upsetting the Chicago sky. Um, still a really good team, obviously, but, uh, did not really expect them to upset Chicago. I thought it was going to be the storm, uh, Chicago or Vegas coming winning the, winning the tournament. Um, but uh, Asia Wilson just got announced as MVP again uh, for another time for the Aces. She's absolutely on fire. Um, and I just feel like not being just because I am from Vegas, um, I think the Aces take this whole thing. I don't think they'll sweep the Connecticut Sun, but I do think they'll actually bring the first professional sports championship to Vegas. Um, I know the Knights got close to it, you know, in their first year. Um, but yeah, it's going to be quite exciting. We got the Sunday game one, um, so, uh, stupid. They did it at 12 PM. So it's game smack one, dab in the finals. middle of the NFL games. Smack <laughs> um, doesn't make any sense. I'm, I'm quite upset about that. Um, but, uh, it's going to be a pretty dang good series. Um, so, uh, I'm kind of excited for it. And so, We'll be touching on some of of the the NBA finals here, the WNBA finals. Um, Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Bye, buddy. (laughs) But yeah, I will watch. uh, I'll probably watch the Tuesday game. I obviously won't watch the Sunday game, but I'll watch the Tuesday game. We can talk about it. This is the most the WNBA has ever been talked about on a uh, sports podcast. So. (laughs) 
but uh, we're also when before NHL starts, before NBA starts, we'll do a season preview like we did with the NFL. I'm a big uh, NBA guy. I know you're a big NHL guy. I'm kind of like NHL is my third favorite behind NFL and NBA, but I'm getting getting really into it this year. Casino baseball is really the only sport that I just I can help you there. I can never get into. You have any hot baseball takes before the playoffs start in October? Um, yeah. I mean, let's see here. Wasn't really wasn't prepared for this question. Um, um, everybody was all hot on the Yankees. Um, and I just think, uh, yeah, the Yankees have gone downhill. They're still going to win the division outright. They're still uh, um, crushing. They're still, what is it here? four and a half games above any other team in the AL East. Um, pretty much at this point, I mean, we could touch more baseball another day, but it's the Dodgers you're going to lose. Uh, the Dodgers are 94 and 42. It's, yeah, it's their, it's their year to lose. Um, and I, I, I don't really think many, two te- uh, many teams coming out of the AL is going to have much of a chance. You have the Astros, Yankees, and surprisingly, the third best team. Um, they're they're all wild card spots. So, yeah, uh, that's kind of all. Just leaving at that for now. We can we can touch on baseball another day and do a little bit more uh, in depth for you okay. on that when we have more time. Uh, yeah, I think this is my son telling me that. We are done casino. So we have to edit this part out. <laughs> no, this is all staying in. This is all staying in. But uh, yeah, we will talk more about the MLB uh, right before the playoffs start. So this was mostly just because NFL starting this weekend. And yeah, we'll we will be NFL for... heavy, typically podcast and NBA. Um, but we will like to touch on every everything else. Um, well, I think we'll also talk a lot of NHL once the nights get going and stuff like that. So, yeah, sky's the limit there. Uh, Casino, you got anything to add before we get out of here? Finger guns. <laughs> All right. Yeah. This was episode two of the Balls of Bros podcast. Uh, you can find the video version on YouTube, all the audio versions, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. So, And you can leave any sort of review. Tell us what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Uh, we will probably not listen to any of it, but... <laughs> <laughs> the big... Uh, apparently, we're big in the United States, but our second biggest market right now is Belgium. So thanks for everybody. For some reason, there's like five people who downloaded our first episode in Belgium. So thank you, guys. thank you for that. We're huge in Belgium. And my son is telling me to get off. So yeah, adios casino. Bye, baby.